This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. This is supposed to be here? Thank you. Okay, good evening, everyone. So I had the great pleasure of kicking off the first uh, event here in Shlomo's house. And as uh, a Hashem, uh, this makam should continue to be a place of uh, Torah, Chesed, Kiddush Hashem for many years to come. I thank uh, Dr. Zakheim for graciously hosting me again and for her constant enthusiastic encouragement and her zrizos in uh, running to, to amass the chusim. And Bershus um, uh, the Rebetzin. No. For one second, people are asking on the Zoom what base Shlomo is, like what who it's, who it's in memory of. Yes. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Hi. I'm not used to this. It's an honor to have Rabbi Gladstein here. It's such an honor to have you in Brooklyn. Thank you so much, Rabbi Gladstein. It's an honor to have Rabbi Tzinoiz here, Michael Brusa, who has taken care of me from the beginning of my difficult journey. So I thank you so much, Robertson Reisman. Okay, so um, the reason we are here in Beit Shlomo, Shlomo's house, we're now calling it Beit Shlomo, is because we have a very big, strong Emun and Hashem, and we know that the Neshama continues to live on, and we continue to have a relationship with the Neshama. And the only way to have a relationship with the Neshama is to continue to doing Hashem's mitzvot. So it's our greatest honor that Hashem gave us the opportunity to build a house that is an honor of Shlomo to build a house where we're doing mitzvahs constantly over and over. We already had Rabbi Gladstein here speaking, and that was incredibly amazing. And um, now we're running a program on <coughs> Sunday mornings with Eishat Torah, an interactive program from Yerushalayim, where Mati Berger, Rabbi Berger, who many people know, is doing an interactive program for Kirov from Yerushalayim on, on Zoom. There's some wonderful things about Zoom. And we've done shidduch events over here, so we're just continuing to do beautiful mitzvahs in this house. Le'ilun Nishmas, Shlomo Eliezer, Ben Harav, Yaakov, Zakhar. And it's my greatest honor now. Okay, so I was asked to speak about the subject of Emunas Chachamim. Atzas Chachamim. This is a very difficult subject for me to speak about. I don't think I ever spoke about this subject before. So, this Chuschem hopefully will come up with um, some important ideas that we could focus on and some practical ideas that uh, could heighten our appreciation of Chachme Yisrael. And I think the first thing we have to establish is what our attitude should be toward Chachme Yisrael. And what are Chachme Yisrael? Who are they? How do we identify them? So, I want to start with a story. In 1978, in the year, Maran was invited by the Spanish community in Spain to inaugurate a yeshiva in Madrid. And in the context of this visit, Rabavadi Yosef would meet the king of Spain, King Juan Carlos. Juan Carlos reigned in Spain from 1975 to 2014. In 2014, he abdicated in favor of his son, King Felipe. Now, King Juan Carlos, Rebavadia had the utmost respect for him, not only as a powerful monarch, not only as a world leader, 
but as a very sagacious, a very wise person. In fact, Ravavadya held that upon seeing Juan Carlos, he needed to make a bracha. Now, the typical bracha you would make on a king is Shachalak Mikavaydai Lebasarvadam. That God gave from his honor to to flesh and blood. In other words, if you see a president, if you see a prime minister, if you see a king, the correct bracha to make would be Shachalak Mikavaydai Lebasarvadam. However, Rabavadya held not only should you make the bracha. Shachalak mikavoyder lebas v'adam. Rabavadya held that Juan Carlos was so smart. He was a mathematician. He knew many languages. He knew history, philosophy. Rabavadya held that upon seeing this king, you should make the bracha. Shachalak mechachmosoy lebas v'adam. That's the bracha you make on a great, on a wise person. So Rabavadya has this dilemma: What bracha should he make on Juan Carlos? Should he make Shachalak mikavoyder lebas v'adam, or Shachalak? And actually, as recorded in the Sefer Shiurei Rishon Letzion, Rabbi Vadya said, both brachas should be made, incorporated in one bracha, and Rabbi Vadya made the following bracha. Baruch atah Hashem alekeinu melechoylam, shechalak mikavoydoi umechachmasoi lebasavadam. So at this historic meeting, King Juan Carlos asked Rabbi Vadya the following stunning question. So I'm used to I speak in Queens, in Cedarhurst. I usually have a lot of Svardim. Do we have any Svardim here tonight? Great. Okay. King Juan Carlos wanted to know, is there any difference between the Torah of Ashkenazim and the Torah of Svardim? Or are they like two different religions? That was the kasha of King Juan Carlos. And Ravadya said, actually, they're exactly the same. There are no fundamental differences. Even in their Sefer Torah, an Ashkenazi could go into a Sephardi shul and be Yotzei Kriyas HaTorah, even L'Chachila, and a Sephardi could go into an Ashkenazi shul and be Yotzei Kriyas There are no fundamental differences in Halacha between Ashkenazim and Sephardi. Okay. By the way, Rabbi Vadya writes, we entered the palace and Rabbi Vadya was together with his Rebetzin, Rebetzin Margalit. By the way, you know how the Shidduch was made? Somebody sh- suggested to Rebetzin Margalit's Dad, you know, I have this great bachar in the yeshiva. So a young Ovadia, he knocks on the door. And uh, Margalit's father starts speaking to him and learning. And they're talking back and forth. The Rajbah, the Ran, Rabbi Tam, And the conversation, a half hour, an hour, two hours, three hours. And she's waiting there all made up, you know. She's all ready for the date. It's her 12 o'clock at night. And finally, um, Margalit's father brings Ovadia into the house. And she's half asleep. And they're half asleep, and they, they said, uh, no, nah, they can't go out 12 o'clock at night. So they pushed off the date to the next Tuesday. Now, this girl, she was not happy about what happened. I mean, this, is a, this Bachar, she's going, he's going out with her or her father. And she was really upset. She said, you know, I don't know I want to go out with this guy. You know, he came to go out with me, not to talk to Shmuz with you. He should have realized that if he gets him up. So he came the next night, and again... He asked, uh, how is yeshiva? Back and forth, learning, 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 hour after hour after hour. And she's furious. She said, I'm not going out with this guy. I don't care how big of a Talmud Chacham he is. He's not a mensch. What is this? He came to go out with me, not, not with you. He said, he could be the God of Hador. You've got to give him a shot. It's a true story. So he said, okay, last chance. And um, he comes in. 
And the father said, look, we're not talking, learning, we're not, we're, you're, we're, I'm just giving you the piece of cake, you're going to have a drink, and you go out. I don't, where they went, who knows? And um, Ravadia makes them a zainais, and they said, okay, goodbye, just make a bracha chorana. Ravadia said, you don't make a bracha chorana, it's not a kezayas. He said, but you ate it. And again, back and forth, back and forth, a half hour, an hour, two hours, three hours. She tells her father, I don't want to look at this guy. I'm not going out with him. This is the third time already. He came to go out with me. And all he wants to do is he wants to talk. I'm not looking for a chavrusa. I'm looking for a husband. She would not go out with him. So her father had to go to Ovadia and apologize. I would love to take you as a prospective son-in-law. There's nothing I could do. He said, give me two minutes with her. Okay, whatever you want. He goes into the room, comes out, Mazel Tov, they're engaged. He said, what did, what did you tell her? She didn't even want to look at you. I told her one thing. I said, you give me Oilam Hazah, and I'll give you a big share in Oilam Haba. And that's, that's how the Shidduch was made. Anyway, Rabbi Vadi says, he came into the room together with uh, his wife, and she had just traveled, and she was flush, and it was hot in the palace. I remember I was once in Spain, and they bring you into these big shuls, and uh, the sun is beating down, and it's like 200 degrees in the shul, and you wanna, you're about to faint, and the queen, who is sitting next to King Juan Carlos, she's looking at Margalit, and she sees how flush she is. She, she sees he, she's about to faint. She gets out of her throne. She goes to the window. She opens up the window. Says Rabbi Vadi Yosef, that was the fulfillment of the Navi. That when Mashiach comes, the queens will attend to your needs. That was fulfilled in the Queen Juan Carlos serving my wife. Then King Carlos said to Rabbi Vadi, I want to express to you my pain, my regret for what we did to your people 500 years ago. I want you to know that when the Jews left Spain, they went to Amsterdam. In Amsterdam, they published one of the first Bibles, one of the first editions of Tanakh. I have that edition. I learn from it every day, and I appreciate Chachmas Yisrael. This is the most intelligent body of wisdom that's available in the world. And then, King Juan Carlos Esrobavadia, the best kasha I've ever heard. You ready for this? He says, Avadia, Rabbi, how many Sephardim live in Israel today? Avadia said, about half the Israeli population today are Sephardim. So Avadia says, by the way, Sephardim includes Edos HaMizrach, Jews from Babylon, Jews from Iran, from Yemen, from Morocco, from Egypt, from Syria, they're all Sephardim. Fred, King Juan Carlos, Akasha. Sephardim means someone from Spain. Why would you call a Jew from Yemen, who's been in Yemen for a thousand years, doesn't even know where Spain is? Why would you call a Jew from Morocco? Why would you call a Jew from Egypt? Why would you call a Jew from Mexico? Why would you call a Jew from... Any of these countries, Sephardim, they were never in Spain, nor did they want to go to Spain. Sephardim means a Spaniard. Why would you call all these Jews Sephardim? It's a good kasha. You ever think of that question? Says Rebbe Yosef, this is the Yisoid that I would like you to take with you. That Klal Yisrael is different than any other nation. All other nations are identified by geographic location or ethnicity. 
But as we know, Rav Sadia Goin says, Ein umasenu uma ela We are identified by the Torah. Who was the greatest sage who ever lived in Spain? The Rambam. Rabbeinu Moshe ben Maimon, who was born in 1135, who was nifter in 1204. By the way, the Rambam was born in the year Tuf Tuf Tzadihei. Okay? Tuf Tuf Tzadihei, that's the year 4895. Now the Gra teaches us, anybody know how many psukim in the Chumash? 5,845 psukim. You ever count? 5,845 psukim. Each pasuk corresponds to another year of world history. Okay? 5,845. So we're almost there. We're almost up to the last pasuk. That means every pasuk corresponds to a different year. The Rambam was born in the year 4,895. Go to the 4,895th pasuk in Chumash. Hoyel Moshe Beyer Moshe explained the Torah to the Jewish people. The year of the birth of the Rambam. So the Rambam was the greatest sage who ever lived in Spain. All Sfardim, whether you come from Iran, Iraq, Syria, Morocco, Yemen, India, they all have one thing in common. They've accepted the authority of the Rambam. And in Judaism, you're not where you live, you're not what your father does, you are who your rabbi is, who your rav is, who your rebbe is. That's your identification. So if you accept the Rambam, even if you're from India, from Yemen, from Morocco, you're a Sfardi. You come from Spain. Your identity is who your Rav is. That's, unfortunately today, many people, where do you daven? I daven next to my friend. I daven where my friends daven. That's not the way to choose where to pray. That's not a, a way to choose what shul to belong to. That's not a way to choose where to identify. A Jew is identified by who the Rebbe is. All Jews from all of these various countries are called Svardim because they've accepted the Rambam. And I think that's a very important insight that one has to try to connect to Chachamim, to Rabbanim, to Tzadikim in a way where that becomes your identity. I am who my Rav is, who my Rebbe is. So how do we identify a Chacham? What are the characteristics of a Talmud Chacham? Who should be my Rebbe? Who should be my Rav? Here it goes, let's try this. There's a Gemara Masech Psachem. The Gemara says there's a man by the name of Shimon Ho'amsuni. Shimon Ho'amsuni was an expert in the following word. He knew how to darshan the word S. You know, you know, you ever see the word S in the Chumash? Yeah? Bereshis Barlakim. S Hashemayim. V. S Haaretz. Very good. BYA. Excellent. Right? V. Haaretz Haisa Sayhu Vava. My wife went to BYA. V. Haaretz Haisa Sayhu Vava. S. There's a lot of S. By the way, V. Haaretz Nisa. S. Avraham. You ever wonder? God tested Avraham. Who else did he test? Besides Abraham. Anybody know? Yitzchak. Yitzchak, it says, uh, obviously he tested. I don't need the word S to include Yitzchak. We know Yitzchak is one who is on the Akeh. Who else did he test? I would like to, he tested Sarah. Ultimately, in the end of the day, Abraham and Yitzchak, they, they went home. Sarah was the one who she gave up her neshama on the Akedah 
So it was really a great test for Sarah, Yimeinu, Vale, Kim, Nisa, Esav. Every word is, uh, every S is significant. By the way, there's a Sefer today, Kol Esin Shabbatayra, fat Sefer. Every single S in the Torah is expounded. What does this S come to include? And Shimon Ha'am Sunni, he is the world's leading expert in the word S. And he got up to the following Pasuk. S Hashem Eloikecha Tira. Fear God. The only problem is, who else should you fear other than God? Your mother-in-law. Your father-in-law. Your brother. Your boss. Your teacher. Your principal. Who else should you fear other than Hashem? So Shimon Ham Sunni, he stroked his beard and he thought and he contemplated and he wrote, he wrote about 10 volumes of Svarim explaining every S. He took all the Svarim and he put them in Geniza. Whoa. And he broke the shelf. I could still come back, right? He took all the books. It's for effect. He took all, all of his drushas and he put them in Geniza. He said, I was wrong. Every last teaching, every last year I ever gave was wrong. I made a mistake. S does not mean anything. S is meaningless. Because he got up to this one Pasuk, which by the way is in Parshas Ekev, all the way at the end of Devarim, all the way in Sefer Devarim, the third parsha on Devarim. And he said, I must have made a mistake. It must be S is not significant. Until Rabbi Akiva came along. You know Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva, he didn't specifically specialize in the word S, but he said, no, there is someone in this world that you should fear other than HaKadosh Baruch Hu, on par with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, equal to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that is, Ad Shebo Rabbi Akiva Vedarash, Es Hashem Lekechatira, Lerabois, Tamidei Chachamim. And Shimon Hamsuni said, really? You're supposed to fear a Tamachacham like you fear the Rebbe Hashem? And Rabbi Akiva said, yeah. In other words, in the mind of a Jew, there's a Rebbe Hashem, and the Tamachacham is in a similar realm, obviously not as high, but in the, in the similar realm. Now, Shimon Ho'am Sunni, let's, let's analyze this for a moment. I'm sure Shimon Ho'am Sunni, when he was trying to figure out what do we do with that word S, it crossed his mind, maybe S comes to include a Talmud Chacham. It's just he never had the gums, he didn't have the audacity to say that you should fear a Talmud Chacham like you fear Hashem. I mean, that sounds a little bit... Uh, extreme, that you should fear a Talmud Chacham like you, should, you fear Hashem? But Rabbi Kiva said, no, you should. And Shimon Ho'am Sunni agreed. So why didn't Shimon Ho'am Sunni think of that possibility? So this is what Rabbi Gifter would say. You ready for this? Shimon Ho'am Sunni comes to this Pasuk as Hashem Lekechatira, and he knows maybe it's coming to say you should fear a Talmud Chacham like you fear Hashem. But how could anybody ever dream of the possibility that a Tamar Chacham is in the same league as a Kaddish Baruch And therefore he dropped everything, he took all his books, and he put it on the shelf, and the shelf broke, and then he put it into Geniza, and that was the end of his career of darshaning the S. Because he didn't, he didn't think that a Tamar Chacham could actually be considered and deemed like a Kaddish Baruch But Rabbi Akiva was watching this whole story. And Rabbi Akiva saw a man who wrote 10 books. And those books were full of what all the Essen and the Torah are teaching me. And when he got up to the Pasuk of Es Hashem Lekechatira, he had such Midas Ho'emes, he had such honesty. 
you know, he could have finagled and said, all right, as Hashem teaches me, you should fear like you fear Hashem. I know it's not a great pshat, but look, I have all these books and I can't throw the books in the garbage, so I'm going to go with this pshat and hopefully nobody's paying too much attention to this particular drasha. After all, there are another 500 esen that I said a good pshat in. But Shimon HaMsuni didn't do that. His quality of honesty, his midas ha'emes, was so profound, was so strong in him, that he couldn't say something that was not absolutely emes ha'amitai, that he decided it's better to take everything that he ever taught in his life and say, I was wrong about everything I ever taught. Because when Rabbi Akiva saw a man with such honesty, Rabbi Akiva said, yeah, it's possible for a human being to reach a level almost like the Rebbe Hashem. You know why Shimon Sunni didn't think it was possible? Because he was it. He was the person. He never saw such godly midas. But Rabbi Akiva watching a human being take everything they ever learned and, and was willing to say, you know what? If it's not MS, it's not MS. Rabbi Akiva said, As Hashem So I'm going to veer a little bit and to speak a little bit about this midah, midas ha-emes, in terms of identifying the quality of Tamidah Chachamim. Yaakov Avinu in this week's parasha, Rivka said, hey, Yaakov, this is your last chance. Dad's going to give the bracha to Esav. And if Esav gets the bracha, we're up the creek without a paddle. Jewish people are going to be lost. So you've got to put on your Esav costume, and you've got to dress up like Esav, and you've got to steal the brachas. So what does Yaakov say? Yaakov says, Ula yemusheniavi, maybe dad's going to feel me. Vihayisi be'enav. Kemisatea. I'm going to be like an imposter in his eyes. Says the Gemara, Kal ha-machlef bediburoi ke'ilu oiveir avodazar. Anyone who changes their word, deviates their words, it's like serving idols. Shenemar. And it says about Avodah Zarah, It says Avodah Zarah is deceitful, the work of trickery. So it says, Tatuim by Avodah Zarah, it says, Kimisatea by lying. Lying is like Oved Avodah Zarah. Listen to the story. Okay? The story is brought by the Marsha. There was once a Russia. The guy did every Avir in the book. And... He wanted to change, but he was too far gone. So he went to a Chacham, and he asked the Chacham, what should I do? Don't tell me to do any mitzvahs. I can't do any mitzvahs. Chacham said, no problem. Just take upon yourself one thing. He said, what, what's the one thing? How about, I won't eat gebrachs on Pesach. No, the, the Chacham said, no, none of that. I want you to take on something very important. Never lie. Okay, okay no problem. I'll never lie. So he continued his bad practices. He murdered, he stole, he did every, he continued to do every other. One day he was going to New, Jer- New Jersey. And, so, and he was going there to rob the bank. And a, a guy said, hey pal, where are you going? And he remembered that he said he would never lie. So he said, I'm going to New Jersey to rob the bank. <laughs> Bracha v'hatzlacha, the guy said, I have a great day. And the guy continued off on his way. He then went, uh, he was driving on um, the Outerbridge Crossing. And he went through a toll booth, and the guy said, Hey, what's going on? You look like you're up to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you going, he says. He says, uh, uh-oh, I'm going to New Jersey to rob a bank. He said, great, isn't everybody? Have a great day. 
And the guy said, uh-oh, now I have two witnesses that know I'm going to rob the bank, and they could testify against me, and they can incriminate me. And the guy started to do tshuva, and he began the process, and he became a tzaddik yisoy oilam, a gadol hadar. He's now a metsuyan in Lakewood. He's a roish chabura. And, okay. That's the story. Not exact, not with the Rosh Chaburah and Lakewood part, but everything else, that's what the Marshal says. No, that's just a joke, okay? Don't, don't. <laughs> and... He won't go out with a girl, but if she didn't go to Taiwan. <laughs> exactly, right? So, that's the story of the Marshal. Our Rosh Hashiva, Rav Henech Libut, Zerzak asked the following question on the Marshal. Why did the guy have to say that he's going to New Jersey to rob the bank. The guy didn't ask what you're doing in New Jersey. He just says, where you're going. So he should say, I'm going to New Jersey. There are a lot of things you could do in New Jersey. The, robbing the bank is not the only thing you could do in New Jersey. He didn't ask him what you're doing. He said, where you're going. So the guy's not stupid. He should just say, I'm going to New Jersey. Nobody asked him what you're doing in New Jersey. What do you see from this, Marsha? That if you say words that the implication of those words are innocuous. In other words, if he would have answered, I'm going to New Jersey, which implies he's going to New Jersey (laughs) for nothing bad, and the listener would get the implication that he's not going to do anything wrong, that's sheker, that's a lie. By the standards of the Torah, the value of MS is not only to say something that's not, that's 100% true, to say something that gives the implication Contrary to what you're doing, that is Sheker, according to the Torah. That's a different standard of emes than we're used to. <laughs> Halavai, we should live up to that standard. I'll give you another example. Remember the story about uh, the two mothers? They both had babies, and one mother rolled over the baby, killed the baby. Now you have two mothers, one baby. They come in front of Shlomo HaMelech, and Shlomo Melech uh, says, great idea. We'll chop the baby in half. One lady says, great idea. The other one says, no, don't do it. What did Shlomo Melech say? Tenu la es hayeled. Vehames loitimusuhu. He imai. Give her the child. Don't kill the child. She's the mother. Remember that? You know, you know there's a similar story. In the, back in the shtetl in Europe, there were two... Uh, Two young ladies, they were both looking for a prospective chassan. And the mother, both mothers are looking for the chassan. And they both hear from the shadchan about the best guy in Lakewood, the best guy in Lakewood. And uh, they both make up with the shadchan that the best guy is going to be coming on the train. And both mother-in-laws go out to the train. The problem was only one guy showed up. The other guy didn't make it. And now the two prospective mother-in-laws are fighting over one chassan. So they don't know what to do. So they bring the guy to the Bezdin. The Rav says, give me the shechita knife. What are you going to do? I'm going to cut him in half. So one lady says, no, no. The other one says, cut him. The Rav says, that's the mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, so that's the, the wisdom of Shlomo HaMelech. Anyway, the Gemara Makos asked the following question. Don't laugh. It's not, a, it's not funny. It's chas v'shalom, right? You have to be kind to your son-in-laws. <laughs> Never cut them in half. So the Gemara asks the following question. The Gemara Makai says, How could Shlomo HaMelech say, He imai, but he doesn't know that's the mother. He's just relying on what's called chazak. He's relying on a, on a, 
presumptive status that if it would be the mother, the mother would never allow to cut the baby in half. So how could Shlomo say, He imai? Answers the Gemara, Shlomo didn't say he imai. He just said, give her the child. And a Baskal cried out and said, that's the mother. Shlomo can't say he imai. He had uncontrovertible proof that this is the mother. Halachically, he was allowed to award this woman the child. What would be wrong with Shlomo saying the words, this is the mother? After all, you know, the Navi says that when Klaiso heard about the great wisdom of Shlomo, they were so inspired, they thought he was uh, a prophet. So yet, the Gemara asks, Shlomo still cannot say the words, he imai. You know why? Because if you're 99% sure of something, and you have every proof in the world, but you didn't see it with your own eyes, according to Midas HaMS, you cannot say, this is what happened. You could act that way, you could award this woman the child, you could follow that in halacha, you can't say the words, He imai. This is Midas HaMS. This was the Midah that Rabbi Akiva saw in Shimon Ho'am Sunni. He saw a man that was willing to take every drasha, halacha, shir that he ever gave, and because he couldn't say pshat in Hashem Lekechatira, he's willing to abandon everything that he taught. Rabbi Akiva said, this is the madrega of Talmidei Chachamim, Hashem Lekechatira, they're on par with the Rebbe Nishalayim. Here's another thing. Most people, they have shitais. Never argue with someone who has a shita. Because if they have a shita, what does a shita mean? Something they thought about one time 50 years ago, they never revisited it, but they're so stubborn that they'll never think about it. That's what a shita is. Look at the Chachmei so look at how, how steadfast they held their shitais. Shimon Hamsuni darshan the word S thousands of times. He gets up to one S, it doesn't fit in, he can't darshan that S. Does he say, well, my shita is, S means something, so let me figure out some kind of way to explain this S. He says, you know what? I'm willing to revisit and think again about that steadfast belief that I hold. True, and if it doesn't work out today, I could retract, think over something that I believed for 50 years and say, you know what? I'm going to retract and maybe this won't be my shita. Shitas are very important. It's very important to have ideals. It's very important to have values. But it's also very important to be honest. And they could always be reassessed. They could always be thought of again. They could always be reevaluated. These are the midas of the Chachmei Yisrael. Another important Nukuda that we see from this Gemara. Who do you think in this world is most dear to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like, who's on the highest level? You have big tzaddikim, you have big balei chesed, you have mikubalim, you can, right? There are a lot of great people in this world. What's the highest darga, the highest madriga that somebody could reach, that this person, we could say, is the closest entity that we have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You have tzaddikim, mikubalim, balei chesed, Bale Ruach HaKodesh, Bale Moifsim. Who do you think it is? What would you say? Someone's in a jam. They need an Eitzah. Who do you go to? Chazonish says, you see from this Gemara, Rabbi Akiva is dealing with, he's dealing with a bomb. You know what that bomb is? S. S Hashem Elekech 
There's something in this world that's equal to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as much as it's possible to say such a thing. Now he's evaluating. Many, there, there are many great people vying for this candidacy. Mikubal, all the Mekubalim are lining up. You know, we want to be the person who is Hashem Lekechatira. All the great Balei Chesed. All the great Sadiqim. Who made it? Who won the candidacy? Who got the job to be included in Es Hashem Lekechatira? The rabbis? Tamidei Chachamim. Which means, on the pedestal of who is most dear and closest to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, greater than the Tzaddik and the Chassid and all the various accolades in Yiddishkeit that there are, the highest madrega. In other words, if you wanted to know, I'm in a jam, I need to ask a question, I need to get a bracha, I need help. What's the highest madrega? Es Hashem Tira, the rabbis? That's a very important yisait. That's something that many people are confused about. People run here, run there. Brachai, Segulai, the highest madrega, the rabbis tamid chachamim. Here's another idea. The Dumna Magid wants to ask the Vilna Gaon the following question: How do you influence somebody? You ever wonder about that? You ever try to influence someone? How do you influence somebody? The Vilna Gaon said, "Don't even bother. Nobody pays attention." You could darshan, you could speak, you could give shiurim. It could even be on Torah anytime. Right? Could I tell them about Torah anytime? Why not, right? If you're bored, go on to Torah anytime. There's good stuff on that. The Vilna Gaon said that when, when Rabbonim, when Sadiqim, when parents speak, nobody is listening. Everyone is tuned out. Nobody cares about anything that anyone says. Is that true? Yeah, it's absolutely true. The Vilna Gaon says there's only one way to influence somebody. If you work on yourself and you fill yourself up with so much Yerushalayim, with so much Torah, where now your ideals, your Torah, your Yerushalayim is overflowing, then it overflows from you and automatically enters the next person. But you're going to give a class, you're going to write on the board, okay, everyone, do A, and then do B, and then think C. Nobody, nobody's paying attention. Everyone's thinking about when you're going to finish talking so they can leave already. The only way to influence somebody is you have to be so molevigadish of what you believe in that it automatically overflows to other people. In fact, you know the Gemara. The Gemara says, Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Harsinai and he says, Rabbi what does God ask of you? Remember when Moshe Rabbeinu said that? What does God ask of you? What does, Hashem, what does Moshe Rabbeinu say? Ki im Ki im Liyira es Hashem All you got to do is fear me. So the Gemara says, sounds like fear of Hashem is a very easy thing. Atu yira milsa zutrasihi Is fear a small thing? Remember what the Gemara answers? The Gemara says, In, yeah, legabe Moshe Milsuzutrasi, to Moshe Rabbeinu, it's a very small thing. So, what's the question? The question is, great for Moshe Rabbeinu, but he's speaking to people, speaking to Kal Yisrael. So, how could Moshe Rabbeinu say, All God asks of you, of you is to fear him, and for Moshe Rabbeinu it's very easy, but to everybody else listening, it's, it's impossible. Right? Imagine, you know, um, this nuclear physicist says, Okay, all you need to do to master nuclear physics is 
understand the great formula E equals MC squared, and it's based on this textbook, which is uh, 30 million pages. That's all you need to do. And you're looking at the guy like he's, you know, he's off the wall. It's easy for you, but you're talking to me, and I don't understand what you're talking about. So what's Moshe Rabbeinu saying? All God asks of you is to fear Him, but for us it's very hard, very nice for Moshe Rabbeinu, it's easy. Says the Dibna Maggid, based on the Vilna Gaon, we understand that what Moshe Rabbeinu is telling Klal Yisrael is, all God asks of you is to fear me. And for you guys, it's very hard. But Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, but for me, it's easy. And therefore, if you want it to be easy for you, you got to hang around me. And it, since it's easy for me, it's going to rub off on you. That's, says the Dibna Maggid, what the Gemara means, as Hashem Lekechatira, Lerabois, you want to have your Shemayim? You have to know who to hang out with. You have to know who to associate with. Associate with those people that your Shemayim is easy for and then automatically it will rub off on you. So, I remember I once learned with a, a gentleman in Queens. He was a big philanthropist. And somehow we used to daven in the same shul he was a Holocaust survivor. He came from the city of Krakow. And he published the Svarim of the Megala Amukais. And he once said the following idea. He wasn't a rabbi. He was a layman. But he said a really nice idea. He said, the Gemara tells us, what kind of rabbi should you choose? Who should your rabbi be? Who should your rabbi be? Imdoime rabbi lemalach Hashem tzavakoi sivakish tayramipiyu. If the Rebbe is like an angel, you should seek out Torah from him. Great. What does an angel look like? How do you know if the Rebbe is like a Malach Hashem Tzavakais? So he said as follows. He said, we know three things about a Malach. One thing we know is, Ragle and Regal Yashara. Yeah? They have one foot. They're a Yashar. They're straight. They're a straight person. They're not Farkrump. They're not Finaglers. They're a straight shooter. That's the first thing you need to... Look for. Ragalehem regal yashar. Number two. Penehem pene adam. They look like a human being. They're a regular person. They're down to earth. They're not floating up in the shamayim. They know vas titzach down here in this world. They know what's going on in this world. That's the second quality. Here's the third quality. It says, Bishtayim yichase panav. With two, how many wings do the malachim have? Six wings. With two wings they cover their face. With two wings they cover their feet. And with two wings they... They're not waving all of their ammunition. You know only a little bit of what they know. But they're covering up the rest. You don't know everything. They don't have to let out everything. They don't let every cat out of the bag. They don't feel they need to let you know everything that they know. Anivos, humility. These are the three characteristics of the Rebbe. Ragleyem regal yeshara, they're straight. Pneyem pnei adam, they're a regular human being. Only uvishtayim yoifeif, but with the other two, they're yechase fanav, yechase raglav. So not every great person is the right Rav, Rebbe, Tzadik. Just because they seem that way, they look that way, 
they, it requires a uh, investigation. A person has to know who to choose, how to choose them, what characteristics to look for. But once somebody identifies this is somebody worthy of my admiration, my respect, then one has to attach themselves to Tamidei Chachamim, to learn from them. Because what becomes easy for them, becomes easy for you. Their Yerashamayim will become your Yerashamayim. Their Torah will become your Torah. And then you identify yourself by your association with them. And you could come from Yemen, Morocco, or Flatbush. But if your Rebbe or Rav is Harav so-and-so, that becomes part of your identity. So, I hope some of these thoughts will prove to be meaningful, and these are some ideas that we could, Abezus Hashem, think about, and perhaps incorporate. And uh, when a person is mistabik to Tamid Chachamim, you come under the protection of the Tamid Chachamim. You come under the protection of the Torah. And that's the greatest protection we, we can have. And therefore we're mispalo, you know, every Monday and Thursday... We say Yehi Ratzayin. Yehi Ratzayin Lufanecha Hashem Lekeinu Shetekayim Banu Chachmei Yisrael. We daven every Monday and Thursday. The Rebbein Shem should preserve the Chachmei Yisrael. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu preserve the Chachmei Yisrael for all of us until the Yemais HaMashiach. Amen. 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 Absolutely. Look, if if they're coming from different communities, in the beginning, it's very unlikely that they're going to have the same rav. Naturally, over the course of time, it's probably a good idea if that ultimately happens. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.